comes. Here. And watch out! He's got Wow! Point, because there's a 6% slope, 50 feet. So right now it will gather speed. Good weight. A two footer. Oh my goodness. All the way! Can you believe that? Ladies and gentlemen, episode 34, Walk It In podcast. It's a big one. Season's winding down. And here it comes. We have a big winner oh, to talk about. We do. Big winner. Tony. Tony the Tiger gets it done in Ooh. New Jersey. Tony Finau. Hands up from this podcast. I didn't yeah. think I'd ever see the day. I mean, that's an exaggeration. I'm, he would have won eventually, but we give him a lot of shit. He gets a lot of shit from all over the, the, the world. You know, not a closer, this, that, the other. Big, big spot for him to have his moment. Huge, huge spot. For- Hats off to him. And I want to make it clear, and you'll back me up on this. I've never once said I disliked Tony Finau or was rooting against him or anything like that. I want to clear the air, make it known. I've just always stuck to my guns and said he is not a closer and he is by definition a loser. That all changed this week at the Northern Trust. And he won in the playoff too. Like the whole weekend, the idea of Tony, I mean, he wasn't really in the mix, right? It was, he came from the back. It looked like John Rahm's tournament the whole way. And an uncharacteristic back nine from Rom opens the door and shout out to Finau because people, and I actually think data golf is the, is the one site who at one point did a really good job of explaining guys in final rounds and how their performances are clutch or not clutch. And a lot of times Finau just had bad luck. And then this, this time it, he went out, I think he was at least four, maybe five under on the back nine. Mm-hmm. Like well, he, he was four, he was four under in a three hole stretch. Okay. So then I think it was five because mm-hmm. when we talk about tournaments, when guys go win it versus guys who just kind of end up with the trophy at the end, kind of felt like this was a resounding victory for Fino Cause he went out and got it and had to survive the playoff against Cam Smith. Right. And I was, um, I was listening to Michael Breed's uh, radio show this morning, driving to work on, mm-hmm. on Sirius XM and, he was playing a bunch of sound bites from Finau's post tournament uh, interview, and Finau was pretty, um, pretty, I guess, definitive in his abilities for closing. Now, granted, he hasn't won tournaments before this, but he's he dispelled the notion that he's not a closer by bringing up his fourth round scoring average and saying, you know. I do play well in the fourth round. I just don't, I haven't had the wins to show for it. And that's kind of what golf is about. And now I was finally able to do it. And I went back and looked, I think he's 42nd on tour in fourth round scoring average. I was just going to pull that set up. I was like, I want to look at this. It's not bad. He mentioned specifically his 64 Riviera earlier uh, this season where he Mm -hmm. lost in the playoff, but played very well uh, to home. He shot this, that's 64 and, um, so, you know, on one hand, he's right. He doesn't play that bad, but he's always had a few bugaboos. One, he hasn't been trustworthy with a putter, especially uh-huh. in crunch time. And two, he just hasn't done 
as well as other people, you know, have, have gone and who have gone and, and taken tournaments from him. Right. And then he went out and took this one, which I think makes it even like more fun than, Oh, it just fell in Tony Finau's lap. It was a narrative changer. Right. And it comes at the perfect time. And there's plenty of implications of it, which we'll talk about because you brought up the round four scoring average. I wanted to pull those stats up because I'm always fascinated by this. We talked about Rom losing, right? Like it was like, Rom had this thing in the bag, been the best player in golf for a long stretch of time. I've always found this fascinating because I've actually paid close attention to Rom in things like the masters. And he always finds himself in the top 10. And I'm like, but you didn't play well all four days. And typically it's his scoring average. He's fourth on the tour in scoring average on Sundays for obviously round four. And it, it to me, that's no surprise. It was very uncharacteristic of Rom, but that shouldn't take anything away from what Fino did. Right. No, I agree. Um, and then Cam Smith obviously imploding in the playoff, but you know, the way Finau played the whole week, but Sunday specifically, the back nine specifically, I thought when so there were a couple instances I I thought there's no chance he wins. Um, and that was um I think it was 17. It was one of the closing holes where he couldn't get out of a bunker. Mm -hmm. I think it might've been earlier than that, but he couldn't get out of a bunker. And instead of making a par, he makes a bogey. And so I'm like, all right, wheels are starting to come off for old Tony. This was on, this was on the eighth hole. Front nine. Yep. Okay. That's right. And then that's right. And then on 18, he misses the green. Yep. And I, and I, he, so he ended up in the fairway in the greenside bunker. And I said, Oh no, <laughs> he's just like, he's trying every possible way to lose this. Yep. And to, to his credit, um, you know, he had some, some breaks and, you know, some, his opponents did not play well, but, uh, to his credit, he, he went out and got it. So, um, you know, golf clap for him, standing ovation. He's a good guy. You know, he's mm-hmm. easy to root for as a person, um, just hadn't gotten it done till this point. And now not only did he shove it right in everybody's face, but he's now sitting sixth position at the Ryder Cup. And got a call from Steve Stricker. Got where, a call. Whether mm-hmm. if Xander jumps him because Xander's right. seventh, it won't right. Whether matter. he qualifies he's, on points or not, he's in. He's in. He's, he's ticketed. And that joins five other guys who have automatically qualified based on the points. So, you basically got six guys locked up and yeah, I mean, I'm with you, everything about it. Like there were plenty of, Oh no, Tony moments. And then there was this moment where everybody, you know, this page hasn't been written since Puerto Rico so long ago and five uh, years. Yeah. And I mean, let's just take a moment here to thank Victor Hoblin for doing the, the diligence of breaking the curse and giving right. Tony an opportunity. And um, I mean, all jokes aside, Tony won the tournament and that's, that's all that matters. And it comes at like, Truly for a, a not this says this is gonna sound so hyperbolic. It's not that Tony Finau needed this win by any stretch. He's a but he needed it. Right. And that's why it's like so hard not to say that, right? Right. But in this moment of all the things with the Ryder Cup coming up and Finau having a thousand and some odd days in between victories, like I don't know. It just like it, it's great for him. And it comes at a great time. Let's just put it that way. I'll keep it. Yeah. Simple. And uh, I want to give a shout out to my wife, Dana. She, she offered to come on the pod and roast us. 
as <laughs> as the Tony Finau roasters out there. But I well, said, I love no, it. Thank you. I'll just apologize and, uh, and and give her a shout out. But she did want to publicly shame us for yeah. being down on Tony Finau. Hey, and big of us to apologize. Well, big of you to apologize. Let me get mine in as well. Apologies to Tony <laughs> Finau for doubting that this would happen again. To your point, I think we knew Tony Finau would win a tournament in his, in his career, but FedEx Cup playoffs, big spot, Ryder Cup, all of the trappings of a, of a big win. And guess what? It's not a no-cut event. So you can't even start to create any of these other names. Hold on. Yeah, let's go. Give it. Can I, can I be a Debbie Downer? Go ahead. He did it on a Monday, not us and not a Sunday. Lack of fans in the crowd. With no fans. I knew you were coming with that. That's fair. Hey, you could look at it and say they had to take a weird day off, thrown off their routine. And <laughs> I think it was Big Randy and Tron who on the podcast for No Lane Up were joking about, well, like, you know, Speed and Kepka, these guys didn't care. They had already milled it <laughs> in. Like, well, Speed shot a 79. Speed was disastrous. When he went for, he put a ball in the water on, I believe it was, I got to look back in the scorecard. It was nine. Then decides to take a three wood off the, in the rough. <laughs> as soon as he hits it, the announcer's like, this is not a good decision. Jordan hits it into the water again. He goes, that was a dumb mistake. <laughs> it was like, it, says, it was like he, ga- he gave up early yesterday or and, yeah, yesterday. Whatever. And whether they did or didn't, I don't care. It was a 125 man tournament. 75 guys made the weekend. I don't care if they finished on Monday. Like, we we owe it to Tony to not come up with any reasons why this does not matter or why this is less than a you know a, a victory because this is a stacked field. The only guy missing from this field was Louis Ustaza. It's the right. only guy, right? The only guy. So in that respect, like, no, it's not a major, but I mean, it's a sweet chunk of change, and he's now first in the FedEx Cup points, and that's what twenty five million dollars. Huge, yeah, huge. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. I mean, we got 70 guys who are now moving on this week. I mean, what else about FedEx Cup stuff stood out to you from a standings perspective or from the week in the weekend in general? Um, you know, I thought I thought it was interesting because you had guys like uh who who missed the cut altogether, like uh like Matthew Wolf, for example. Mm-hmm. Missed um, it by a who, placement. Right, exactly, who are now out um but then you had guys like harry higgs and um i think i think phil was officially the last man in phil was phil is 70th in fedex cup standing so remember it's not who this week's tournament if you know it's season long still right it's still the point that matters so like if you made the cut you got points and you had a chance to improve your standing trying to be the top 70 in season point total right but you know i didn't think it was too much drama i guess like the guys on the outside are largely you know they they missed the cut this uh in new jersey um Mm -hmm. and you know it's a pretty pretty good group the top 70 that are moving on um i'm interested to see after the bmw you know who gets cut and who makes it because you know when you go from from 125 to 70 that's that's one thing but like then to pick the top 30 like that's you're gonna end up cutting some pretty good names, big names. And you know, we talked about him at length last week, but Kevin Kisner right now is sitting 31. 
Um, a guy, not a good, uh, not a good course fit for Kisner this week. Right. At uh, Cave Valley, which we'll talk about. But like Brian Harmon's had a really good year. He's in 39th right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cam Davis, Mark Leishman, Tringali, who we'll talk about uh, a little bit. Um, <sighs> you know, Ke- Keegan Bradley, um, some people are high on this week. He's huh? 32nd. Um, you know, we'll see. And then on the other side um, of the, on the right side of the cut line, like Rory is in 28th. You know, so he needs a good week this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick Reed, he's injured. We'll talk about him uh, in the Ryder cup uh, discussion here in a bit, but he's 26th. Yep. Um, a lot, a lot of good names that are potentially going to be cut. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. Cause that's the other piece of this Ryder cup implications. We just talked about where Tony Finau is now, not an automatic point qualifier, but a guy who is, at worst, a captain's pick by Stricker. Mm-hmm. So let's let's play the same game we played last week. Behind Tony Finau, in order, you have Xander, Spieth, English, Reed, Cantlay, Berger, Simpson, and Scheffler. That's your that's your mm-hmm. eight guys outside of the auto qualifiers, right? Ooh, that's a lineup. This is so. Th- these are my thoughts on it, I w- and then. I'll let you critique me and and then give yours. I think so. Obviously, Finau's in, and then Xander, Spieth, and English. Those that's seven, eight, nine. I think are locks. Agreed. I mean, I don't know if Harris English is a lock, but I would say Xander and Spieth are oh, definitely I, locks. I think Harris English is a lock. Keep going. That's just keep going. Keep per, going. Personal opinion. So so that right there is half of the captain's picks. Mm-hmm. Then you've got three more. You would think. Patrick Reed, if healthy, correct, will play, but he's now dealing with pneumonia and withdrew with an ankle before the pneumonia anyway. Mm-hmm. So nobody knows Patrick Reed's status right now. And that may actually be a good thing for Steve Stricker. Um, and I'll tell you why, because you know it, it may make his decisions a lot easier. I want to get down to the next four guys. Cantley and Berger, you would think they've they stand a good chance to make the team even if reed even if reed were on it right gonna be so hard to not put patrick cantley on the team i feel like right so let's just assume and this is this is just my my rankings here i'm going to assume cantley and Berger both make the team okay that leaves one spot for reed webb simpson or scotty scheffler and i think it's real interesting because Webb Simpson has a really good case and could be a really strong veteran calm presence in that, that locker room. Patrick Reed has been there, done that. And if he's healthy, he is better than Webb Simpson and Scotty Scheffler. Steve Stricker could also think, you know what? It's Scotty Scheffler's time. Like he has, he's earned the right to show the world what he can do in an event like this. Um, I campaigned a little bit for Jason Kokrak a couple weeks ago. I just don't think there's enough there to give him a realistic shot. Too much firepower um, ahead of him. Right. So I I think if Cantley and Berger both make it, it's one spot for Reed, Webb, and Scheffler. Then Reed's health comes into question. And then mm-hmm. if Reed is out, it's one spot for, for Webb and Scotty Scheffler. And you give that spot on your I side. I would give that spot to Scheffler. Mm-hmm. Personally, yeah. but I I love Webb. I just think I think Scotty could Scotty could do well in this event, and 
it could be, like I said, it could be his moment to, to kind of, to come on. Yeah. A little jolt. I, right. I, I, I think Harris English, like, yeah, gun to my head. I'm picking Harris English to be a captain's pick. This Reed injury thing is really unique. It's not like Reed has played great golf in the, you know, recent few months. I need to look up his finishes lately to back that up, but that that's just my hunch. Um, Cantley is so freaking consistent. 11 of his last 13 top 20s, sprinkle in a couple missed cuts in there, but we've talked about that. Those have come in some bigger spots, um, the Masters, the Open. So, you know, counterpoint, well, he's not going to play big in big moments. I, it, it is a tough job for Stricker. I, if I'm him, I'm almost kind of hoping like, okay, yeah, Reed can't make it. Reed, Reed's not a good uh, spot uh, from his health at this point. We got to go a different direction and remove that that card from the deck. That might make things a little easier on him. But right. yeah, Xander, Spieth, locks. I think Cantlay's a lock. Uh, let's throw English in there as well. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, Scheffler is very intriguing. He's very intriguing. So I'm going to go back to Michael Breed's radio show this morning because I thought it was interesting he wasn't completely sold on Patrick Cantlay to make the team. Really? And the way he kind of, and I'm paraphrasing it, but he he explained him, explained Cantlay as just consistently fine. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm using air quotes, um, but like he just he's just kind of blah, fine, good, whatever. Like, you know, insert whatever. He's got two wins this year, Zozo, and he's got the win at the Memorial, which fine. But you wouldn't even know it. You wouldn't because he's he's not – he just goes about his business. That's probably why he's fine because he doesn't have any flair for the dramatic. That's one of the reasons I would pick Scheffler over Webb, and it's kind of like a ricochet unintended consequence for Webb. Webb, yeah. Because I think the U.S. team could use a little bit more – emotion a little bit more fire and scotty scheffler probably has a little bit more than webb does yeah because Cantlay and berger aren't really those guys mm-hmm. so in my scenario here if i'm building the team webb gets pushed out due to unintended consequences because the dressing room needs a little bit more firepower than maybe he has mm-hmm. yeah It'll be fun. I, I need to, do you know off the top of your head when the picks are due for before the tour championship, I believe. Okay. So he's basically down to a week. Yeah. Yeah. Sheesh. Tight, tight finish. Um, right. And you would, you would agree for sure. Horschel, Kokrak, Burns, Kisner are out. Yeah. Kid kids is out. Burns is out. Kokrak. You could make a case for also multi-winner this year, but I don't think Kokrak is going to be. Horschel fits the Horschel is fiery as hell, you know. Yeah, and and Horschel does I think a decent job of campaigning for himself in certain instances, but I don't think Horschel's body of work deserves it. Right. Yeah. Maybe in the past, you know, Presidents Cup stuff. Sure, he's been around. He can speak to that experience, but general body of work. I am of the mindset: take the best, take the best players. This course sets up so well for what the Americans are best at. So don't overthink it. Right. Don't get cute with Billy. Don't get 
kind of right. cute with somebody like Kokrak, but right. Kokrak's less cute. He's got the bomb bomber mentality. He's got a great putter. You know, I think he would be perfect. I just I think he could be too. I just think real realistically speaking, he's he's just not there for the final pick. Yeah, and yeah. you can't. You probably can't put him above Cantlay or Berger before you even get to that last pick. So yeah, yeah, you know. Well, I mean, all of that obviously will be impacted this week. All of these guys can continue to shuffle. I mean, there's really only one automatic spot left open, um, and guys that are in play for that are already the guys that are in the mix for a captain's pick. And if Reed is still not, you know, good to go, it doesn't really matter at this point. We basically have the short list. Stricker's got about, you know, two weeks to make that decision. Um, and and we're on, as are everybody on this list for the most part, we're on to the BMW. I mean, is there anything else you want to add to all this, the no. implications of this past week? No, I mean, like I said, I think it was last week. I mean, these lists and standings obviously evolve, but we're down to the final week here. And mm-hmm. for guys like Scotty Scheffler and Webb Simpson and even Berger and Cantlay, like, you know, it's time to, to put up or, uh, or shut up. Yeah, this is, the, you're right. This is the final. It only extends through this week. So it's next week that the decisions will be made. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Oh, I got him. I can't believe I forgot to mention this. You see Bryson's competing in the long drive competition. Yeah. The and week, he'll get the smoked. day after. Yeah. He'll get smoked. Hey, he's probably getting paid for the appearance. I would imagine. So mm. if it's the payday he's after, he's probably going to collect a decent check. Maybe Although, he'll, uh, maybe he'll get some of that, um, some extra clout score or whatever, right. the, you know, whatever that deal is that, that their season long thing. I want to say Q score. It's not that, but yes, I know exactly what time about we broken it down, whatever the uh, sort of social impact score is, how, how much do people talk about you on the interwebs? So, right. Hey, that sounds like an excellent tactic here to get more points in that random race. Also, by the way, congrats, Matt Wolf, Aeon risk reward champion of the year. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about, Mark? No. Great. Perfect. Can we'll you hear right my on. golf clap from here? I can barely, barely. I can also see you and I can see you're unamused by that. Right. So we will move past it. <laughs> There's lots of ways to make money on the PGA tour, not just winning tournaments. Right. right? And we know Matt Wolf wasn't doing tons of that this year. No, he was not. But uh, yeah, aggressiveness pays off for Matt Wolf and he collects a million dollars for having some, some good looking stats. Anyways, crazy. we are on to the top 70 this week. The BMW Championship. We're in your neck of the woods. Full north. Yeah. Of you. We're in Maryland. I want to I want to go. Um, I wish I still lived in DC and could go with you. I would have gladly. It's a little closer to Baltimore than it is to to me, but you know, it I, I would have liked to go if I can get my hands on some some hospitality. Any any listeners out there have some hospitality hookups uh, for for a couple of podcasters? Mark Mark claims the only way to watch a golf tournament in person is in the hospitality tents. I don't disagree totally. I think there are definitely moments where let's throw in an, a major, certainly the Masters. Let's throw in the Ryder Cup. Yeah. Where if you oh, don't yeah. have a hospitality ticket, you're still gonna go. Before you completely throw me under the bus. Yeah, I'm just I, running you over right now. I have watched a number of golf tournaments as a walking fan, including Augusta, many times. And I agree you can do that. But sure, it's hospitality, just like other sports, if you're VIP or hospitality, I mean, that's the way to go. That's the way to live. No, I hear you. Also, we have never talked about this. I think we need to just etch this in stone when we 
are back for next season. We have to we have to make it a thing. We go to a different tournament every year. You and okay. I, we go get tickets to. We break down every freaking tournament. We might as well start going to some of them. I agree. And we can make it a trip. I agree. Bring the wags. I'm in. It's perfect. <laughs> Love All it. right. All right. In this case, then we'll break down the BMW Championship. You won't be there, but Cave Valley Golf Club in Owings Mills, Maryland. Tom Fazio Design. Big course, par 72, 7,500 yards. Uh, first time it's been there. First time. This course has hosted other tournaments in the LPGA Tour, Senior PGA Tour, um, some USGA events on the AM side. So it's seen big name golf. It is one of those courses where they'll do something unique for the tournament. They're going to flip the nines. So the one through nine this this for this tournament will be what is typically the 10 through 18 holes for the members. Based on reading, Golf Digest, holes 10, 11, 13, and 14, which will obviously be one, two, uh, four, and five, are going to be uh, really gettable. Par fours that are drivable, par five mixed in there. So could be another low-scoring event. We could see somebody breach 20 again. Uh, we'll see what happens. This is the lead-up to your point four, the Tour Championship should be should be fun top 70 golfers arguably in the world so what do we got this week yeah um are you going first or am i i believe i'm still away sadly it's been a, a poor run of form for me um, Okay. this week for me on approach uh looking primarily at guys who are bombers off the tee uh guys who can attack some of these longer holes some of the gettable par fours that they mentioned. Um, and I'm going to start off with one guy that I think you're high on this week as well. And we've already talked about him with respect to the Ryder cup and that's Scotty Scheffler. And I'm going to start, mm-hmm. I'm going to start with him on a top 10 for the tournament at plus two thirty for a unit. This is primarily driven by Scotty Scheffler's ability to have one of the more accurate drivers while being one of the best distance players off the tee from an accuracy perspective. He's 54th on the PGA tour. And from a distance perspective, he's 36th on tour. And those things add up when it comes to scoring. And I think it will give him a really good opportunity this week to find some of those. He didn't putt well last week. I love the idea that his putter might flip. Generally speaking, he's been a bit pedestrian with the irons. But as we've mentioned, like this could be a big moment for Scheffler. I would imagine he's aware of all the implications. And I think if he had a really good showing this week, it could be enough to make some noise up that board and in the back of Steve Stricker's mind. Finau went from 12th to 6th, correct? He did by winning. That's correct. So right now, Scheffler sits 14th, could get, I don't know, inside the top 10 for sure with a win. Um, you know, he can, he can make Stricker's job a lot easier with sure a, a really good performance here. Yep. I am, uh, so I'm tailing you on a on a, a couple Scheffler picks, but my first inside the leather pick that I'm going to give out is Justin Thomas. Uh, that's a top 10 plus 150. He hadn't top 10. Uh, he hadn't had a top 10 finish since the players uh, where he won uh, back in March, but finished T4 at the uh, the Northern Trust, playing really well, had that opening 63 and kind of just coasted to a really strong um, top five. He's playing um, stats wise. Like 
fourth strokes gained tee to green, third strokes gained approach. His biggest issues have just been putting and maybe a little bit around the green this week or this season, excuse me. But if he can get that turned around like he did in New Jersey, I like him to kind of continue this this groove here going into the Ryder Cup and then be a weapon at Whistling Straits. Um, so I think I think a top 10 for war JT this week is is in order. It, it was a good showing last week. I mean, no, he didn't win the tournament, finished T4, five shots out of the lead, but a sign of better things. Also, it is absolutely coming down. I don't know if the podcast audio can pick this up, but it sounds like a hurricane. I, I can't right now. hear you, but I can see you and it, it, I, you look unsafe indoors. It, yes, it, it is, you know, a little, little uncomfortable right now. I just had to pull up the <laughs> radar. Like, am I going to lose power in the middle of our podcast? Let's, let's hope not. Um, but no, I agree with you on Justin Thomas. I think there are a lot of like better signs from the things that have been plaguing him. And I'll take my other inside leather pick. We, we've talked about a lot of these guys today, but when you get to the top 70, you start to focus on some really talented individuals. Um, and one of those guys is Patrick Cantlay. And I've already talked about him. He's steady Eddie. You mentioned the radio show where that's like, hey, just kind of fine. Well, yeah, he's just fine. He might be fine again in my eyes from like the does he make a lot of noise perspective? Is he a personality? Absolutely, he's not. From a performance perspective, he is incredibly consistent. And that's why this week on a no cut event, I'm going to take him for a top 10 at plus 230 for a unit. He's got the same odds as Scheffler. Last week, fine. He was in the mix. I mean, he wasn't really ever contending. He was in the mix with poor iron game. I think that returns to better form. He's been remarkably consistent over the last 24 rounds with this field, there's really no weakness with Patrick Cantlay. And that's kind of what I'm playing. Very, very high floor for Cantlay week in and week out, especially one where there's you know, no cut. He's also a guy when you take a course like this, bent grass, long, par 72, you compare it to some of the other courses on tour, he checks out as the best in strokes gained T to green over all of the other players in this field. If you look at like six to seven comparable courses and one of those is Memorial, and that's where he won, obviously, this year. He's played there well in the past. Give me Patrick Cantley top 10 plus 230. I like that. I'm going to go a little bit down the board here, and a guy we watched on the weekend of a bunch uh, at Northern Trust, but Eric Van Royen, top 20, plus 250 for a unit. He finished seventh at the Northern Trust. He won the Barracuda earlier in the, uh, in the month playing pretty well and he's a a good putter which i like i think without a ton of you know course history um in fact no course history here um at at the bmw to go on you're kind of looking for the key stats like strokes gain t to green and putting and you know things like that that will travel and van royen in this field is 14th in putting strokes gained putting his last 16 rounds he looked pretty good at liberty national and i think getting two and a half to one on a top 20 in a 70 person field pretty good for for a guy who you know has a win and and another top 10 in his last three starts love it i'm gonna go down to double breaker uh i can keep this kind of short and sweet i really like two guys this week and that's can't lay and that's Scheffler. And I'm going to play a win bet on both of them. Can't lay 25 to one for a half unit. Scheffler, 30 to one for a half unit. I've got one other play on the double breaker side, but I just really like 
what Cantley and Scheffler bring to the table from a skill set this week. And I don't really need to belabor it. So yeah, I got those two guys circled in a few different plays this week, and I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I I'm joining you on the, the Scheffler win bet for a half unit at 30 to one. Um, a couple other bets I like one is Scotty Scheffler focused, and that is uh, top 10 after round one at plus three thirty five. Those have paid out for you before pretty well. They have most, uh, most notably on uh, John John Rom, Rom. but um, he is fourth on tour in round one scoring 69.32. You already talked about his stats, how he's been good all year, what he's been doing recently. Take that, multiply it by his round one scoring average, his birdie average, all that. I uh, I love him to be in contention after Thursday and getting uh, getting pretty good value there. I almost went top five after round one. I didn't want to push it um, because I think plus three thirty five is still pretty good value there on top ten. Um, but that's going to be a full unit play. And then just for not, you know, it's it's like half shits and giggles and half because I've got a feeling, but. I'm also going to be on yes to a playoff at four to one for half a unit, because I think the the trend of tournaments this year, finishing in a playoff is going to continue, especially as fields get smaller mm-hmm. and stronger. Um, I just think there's going to be a lot of dudes up there on Sunday. It'll be very yeah. hard for anyone to run away with a tournament. Correct. Like and, and, and you said it perfectly. And when that happens value on, a playoff goes up. So that's how you get six man playoffs, you know, not that the Wyndham championship was like chalk full of top talent, but when you get into these scenarios, that's where it, it really becomes give, valuable. Give me a six man playoff with 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33 in the FedEx cup standings. There you go. There you <laughs> Just go. to see what happens. Just chaos. Yeah. Absolute chaos. Um, well, let's recap this, and then we'll we'll close up shop here. Inside the leather, I've got Cantley top ten plus two thirty for a unit. Also tagging Scotty Scheffler on that bet top ten plus two thirty for a unit as well. Mark has got Justin Thomas top ten plus one fifty for a unit. The South African Van Royen top twenty plus two fifty for a unit. And you also have win bets on Cantley and Scheffler. Uh, Cantley is twenty five to one for half unit. Scheffler's 30 to one for half unit. I'm also going to be on that Scheffler uh, bet. And then I also took Scheffler top 10 after round one plus three thirty-five for a unit and yes to a playoff at four to one for half a unit. Love it. And on the programming side, obviously this week will lead into the tour championship next week. We'll have the top 30 guys duking it out for that big payday. We will not have a podcast next week while we are avid golf fans. We are also avid college football fans. So we will be turning the attention towards college football, not on this podcast, on another podcast. But in the meantime, we will be back. We will have a write-up, Substack, social channels leading into the Tour Championship. And we will have the podcast return as we lead up to the Ryder Cup. And then we will probably take a little bit of a break and be back again for our next season as the PGA Tour swing continues. So 
We're excited. We appreciate everyone who has been along for the ride this year on our first season of Walk It In. Thank uh, you. Hope, yes, thank, thank, you, thank you. you. Thank you all. We hope you've enjoyed the content, learned a little bit more about golf, made some money along the way, and you have some reads of your own going into some of these future tournaments. It has been a true pleasure. I speak for myself and for Mark on this uh, adventure of, of starting this podcast, and we look forward to many more tournaments to come. Mark, anything you want to say to the listeners? You said it great. Thank you for all the love and the support. We hope to be back better, stronger, season two. That's right. And uh, we'll, we'll also have that Ryder Cup preview here in a couple of weeks. That's right. Yeah. Ryder Cup coming up end of September, uh, and we will certainly be there to break it down. I will be on the grounds come Ryder Cup time. That's why I had to plug the whole idea that it's not just about the hospitality tent. We've got sources in the stadium. That's right. That's right. And next year we're going to be on site for a tournament. We've already, we put it out there. We have to follow through. Um, but besides that folks, enjoy the tournament this week. We are still in playoff golf, walk in those bets. And we will see you at the Ryder Cup preview in mid-September.